The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! <laughs> you think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? <laughs> well, I mustn't have been paying attention. When you were just talking to me Do you think that you could repeat the question And I listen more attentively There must have been something In all of that nothing That wasn't quite so easy to see And I must have missed something When you were just talking to me Believe it or not, I think I'm up. Yay! A little early today. Just pull me up, like, a little bit. Sure. Maybe, like, two notches. Yeah. Let me get it. It always seems fine when the music's not playing. Yeah. Four hundred and nineteen emails this morning. Wow. <laughs> almost made it to the pop up. Mm-hmm. I was halfway through and then my voice went again. I'm I'm almost I'm almost recovered from the bash. Almost. And like another day or two <laughs> and I'll be fine. Yeah. All right, let's get this show on the All road, right. shall we, Jim Dandy? Hi, my name's Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, atop Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Now, I know people are sick and tired of me talking about the bash. It's over. It's done now. It's in the can. We've got our final numbers. We ran them last week. But I do want to mention that we, are, uh, we have two checks that have not been cashed. Please cash those checks because we'd like to zero out the account because we already have $1,200 donated for, for the next bash a year from now. Wow. And I don't want that money commingling. I don't want, like, I, I, I don't want to have to set up a third account because every year we're, like, chasing people to cash their checks. And you would think, like, if somebody handed me a check for $7,000, that would be, like, that night I would be cashing it. I'd be finding, like, a, uh, like a 24-hour ATM that I could, I could deposit that check into. I wouldn't be hanging on to that at all. No. Um, when I got my $12,000 check from Columbia Gas, I got it at 3 o'clock. At 3.01, that was deposited. <laughs> yeah. All right. There's no waiting when it comes to depositing money. Um, but we do have um, some pledges and some donations for next year's bash, and uh, we appreciate that because that starts us off pretty good for next year. Um, so thank you to Boxford Police Chief Jim Ryder. And Ken DeLuca, who Kendall donated a thousand dollars for next year's scholarships, and Chief Ryder from Boxford donated two hundred for next year's scholarship wow. for the Michelle DeLuca Benedetti Haverhill High School scholarships. So um, please do that. A couple of things I want to get to today. Um, if you're watching all of this stuff about Ukraine and war crime, don't. Be- I-, I keep saying this, and I'm going to keep saying it. Don't believe any of it. 
I'm not saying it's not true. I'm saying after 25 years of Afghanistan and 25 years of the government telling us just 20 billion more and the Taliban will be on the run every single year for 25 years, it's time to stop believing what our media tells us. It's time to stop believing what our government tells us. And it's time to just kind of sit back, especially with this Ukraine thing. I'm actually kind of starting to believe. I'm not quite there yet, but I, I'm starting to believe that this whole Ukraine thing um, was was set up between this administration and the Putin administration in Russia. Once we got out of Af- Afghanistan, which this administration did not want to do, but uh, Trump started the, the withdrawal and we kind of had no choice. Then Biden screwed it up and got 11 people killed. Um, but I'm starting to believe that, that because Afghanistan is over, the traitors in our Pentagon were looking for any kind of conflict they could so they could they could get their defense contracts and their consulting fees, all these generals that get their consulting fees from Raytheon and all these other, all these other defense contractors. You know, the liberals were right, and I say this a lot. The liberals were right in the 60s and 70s. We didn't believe them, but they were right. Unfortunately, by the time we found out they were right about a military-industrial complex, they swapped sides. And now they're on the side of the military-industrial complex. They're, the Democrats have, have not, in 20 years, met a war they didn't like. They've never had an opportunity to send troops or arms somewhere that they didn't want to trip over each other voting yes for. So I'm just going to say, I, I don't know if war crimes are being committed. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But don't believe it because CNN said so. Don't believe it because Fox News said so. Because I, I'm, I watch. And here's the other thing. Be very mindful when you're watching the news, especially cable news. Be very mindful when they say, here's video of a war crime being, uh, being committed by Russia in Ukraine, but we cannot verify the footage independently. Well, then why are you showing it? Like, why are you showing? You're showing us something that you yourself say can't be confirmed. And then there's a one-hour panel discussion on what you said you can't confirm. Why are you showing the video and why is the, why is the panel discussion even taking place? It's taking place because there's a narrative that they have to push. Russia bad, Ukraine good. And maybe that's, maybe that's the case. Maybe five years from now we'll find out that for once the media was right because they are right once in a while. And that maybe we'll find out that the government wasn't lying to us for once because that happens once in a while too. But in the meantime, I think we all just need to sit back and be careful of the information that we're, that we're taking in. All right, a couple of, couple of things. I got one local thing and then we're going to talk about Elon Musk, which I think will be much more fun. So you remember I came in, and if you watch this show, you'll know because I've referred to it multiple times on shows after we talked about Valentine's Day in the city of Methuen, in the Methuen schools. They wanted to do it, the, the administration, without a vote, without anything, wanted to do it with Valentine's Day, and they wanted to call it Spirit Day because this is what they do. This is what woke educators do. Woke, woke left-wing activists get involved in your local school committees and in your local education uh, whether they're administrators or teachers or whatever they are, and they immediately start trying to screw up our traditions and our holidays and, and, and bad, basically badmouth America. And so at the last school committee meeting in Methuen, and I, I went through this three or four times to, to pull the video clip um, of school committee member Lori Keegan talking about uh, why she doesn't understand why we, they get Good Friday off. It's the only non-federally mandated holiday, she says, and it's a good point that it's the only non-federally mandated holiday that they uh, that they that they observe in the Methuen public schools. 
Let's see if I can pull up my notes here so I don't forget anything on this topic because sometimes I do. Um, so um, there was a little bit of a discussion. It's going to uh, go back to the administrators and it's going to come back for a vote for their holiday calendar for the for the Methuen schools. And I thought this was this was something that is going to go right in line with our Valentine's Day discussion. And by the way, I know I promised you two months in a row a story on critical race theory being taught in the Methuen schools, but with the bash and everything else that got pushed off, that will be in the next Valley Patriot. It will most likely be online before the next Valley Patriot comes out because people are now starting to come forward. If you are a teacher, a parent, or somebody connected to the Methuen schools, and you've got, you've got a horror story about what, you're, what the teachers are teaching to your students or what your fellow teachers are teaching to the students, please reach out to me, valleypatriot at AOL.com. Find me on Facebook. I promise I will keep you anonymous. I will not use your name if you don't want me to. But um, we do have some parents sending us material now um, about, about uh, Black Lives Matter and some other political subjective issues uh, that go along with critical race theory. And for those of you who don't know, critical race theory is this theory that was made up by racists um, and they're teaching it to your kids in, in almost every school system in the country. And the theory is that white people are white, uh, white people are racist by virtue of being white. And that our entire system of government is built on white supremacy. Run, the white supremacy is going to get you. Run! And they teach this to children. And um, it's something that's become controversial and political because there are a lot of people who don't want their kids being talked to. I mean, it's bad enough that they're teaching your kids about sex and transgenderisms and gay bathrooms and all that other crap. But uh, when they start to teach children that they are racist by virtue of being white, that they're bad people because of the color of their skin. I, I, thought, I thought during Martin Luther King we got, we got rid of all that stuff. And here we have another example in the Methuen schools. And I'm going to focus on Methuen because we had Methuen Mayor Neil Perry here about a year ago. And I asked him if any of this baloney was being taught in the schools. Tom, Tom, come on now, Tom. Tom, that's the right wing in you. That's, that's the conspiracy Republican in you. And by the way, I'm not a Republican, so please, people, stop saying that. Um, so we have this school committee member, Lori Keegan. And by the way, I've been watching some of the school committee meetings before I say this. And I do want to inoculate myself a little bit. Because Lori Keegan does seem, as a new school board member, she does seem to be a very empathetic school board member. She generally seems like she cares about the kids. And she also generally seems like she cares about the education that they're getting. So this was a little surprising to me, even though I know she's a little left wing. It was a little surprising to me to find out from three other school board members that she wants to get rid of a, the Good Friday holiday in the Methuen schools. Now, um, there was one thing proposed by, it's Jaina, 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 Jaina Zanny Pesci. Even after I said it's Jaina, I still almost screwed up her name. Because there's two Jainas. It's Jaina Dinatali and Jaina Zanny Pesci. So um, Jaina Zanny Pesci said, well, okay, why don't we just take the label of Good Friday off and let's just give them that Friday off. It's the Friday before Easter. It's always been a holiday. It's part of our local traditions. Why don't we just do that? And so that's going to come up again. Parents, you need to be calling your school board members in Methuen. And if you live in North Andover or Lawrence, you need to be calling your... Well, in Lawrence, it doesn't do any good because they don't really have a school committee. But if you're in another community, you need to be calling your school committee members and talking to them about this stuff. Talking to them about how the schools mandate your children celebrate Valentine's Day or Halloween or Christmas. During this meeting, I noticed that the superintendent, whom I really like an awful lot, um, she she... 
uh, you know, without kissing her rear end, I, 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 I think she's very responsible when it comes to this kind of stuff. Or at least she seems responsible when she speaks about it in public. I don't know what she's like in, in, in private because she won't meet with me. She's terrified of me. In fact, I asked a couple of school board members if they could facilitate getting me alone in a room with her just for an off-the-record discussion so we you know, kind of pick each other's brain, see where each other stands, and then maybe we could do a story about something coming up later on. She won't meet with me. She's no interest at all in meeting with me. So um, I, she, she said during this discussion about the holiday calendar something that shouldn't even be remotely controversial. She said one of the things that they want to do is they want to start teaching multiculturalism and she wants to make sure that we teach kids about ramadan and and uh, passover and you know i i i hate to say this again but i'm gonna say it again these teachers can barely teach in the subject that we hire them to teach they do a miserable job teaching kids math most kids graduating from Methuen High School, and uh, in any high school, but we're focusing on Methuen today, most kids can't do math in their head. Most kids graduating from high school today can't read a traditional clock, can't balance a checkbook, don't know what the three uh, rights in the First Amendment that are guaranteed are. So when you guys can get that right, when you can get history right, and you're teaching about actual history, not America sucks and America's racist, and you can, and you can teach about how our system of government came from Greek, Greek, Greece and Athens and, uh, and, and where our, our freedoms came from. When you can do that stuff and you're doing it well enough that the majority of your kids can I don't know, do math in their head, then maybe you guys could have a discussion about teaching Ramadan and Passover and multiculturalism. But until you get that right, please just knock it off because you guys suck at your job. And if you can't do the job that we're paying you to do, you shouldn't be taking on additional duties. Your job is not to teach multiculturalism. It, it doesn't matter how many Latino kids, black kids, Eskimos, Asian kids are in a school. Schools should not be validating someone's religion or unvalidating someone's religion. If the kids want to celebrate Halloween and come in in costumes, let them do it. If the kids want to exchange cards at Valentine's Day, let them do it. But the schools shouldn't be this, 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 uh, this heavy weight upon them telling them what's, quote, appropriate for them and an appropriate way for them to celebrate these holidays. You guys are educators. Educate. Your job is not to teach them how to be good people. It's not to teach them morals. It's not to teach them religion. It's not to, and the one thing she did say, um, uh, Brandy, the superintendent in North Ant- uh, in Methuen, was that, you know, she said, we have to be careful that we don't cross the line between teaching about, say, Ramadan and advocating Ramadan. Like, we have to make sure that we're teaching it, we're not extolling it. And um, it was good that she said that, but I don't believe that for a minute. She said that in public. But I talk to Methuen teachers and administrators all the time. When it's not in public, that's exactly what they're doing. They're extolling things, they're not teaching things. So if you are a Methuen parent, you should be calling your school board member and putting a stop to this. Because it starts with Valentine's Day or Halloween or Good Friday, and then the next thing you know, you can't call Christmas Christmas anymore. It's a, it's a holiday festival. It's Festivus. We're going to march around the Festivus poll because we, we don't want to offend anybody. And one of the things that Jane Azani said during this meeting, and she's right, 
is that if you stop doing things because you might offend somebody, you're not going to be able to do anything because everything you do will offend somebody. And even though it probably doesn't really offend them, they're going to say it offends them because it makes them feel important. It makes them feel like they're making a change. You had to conform to them. And we have to stop. To, companies have to stop doing that. Corporations have to stop doing that. Our government officials have to stop doing that. And certainly our schools need to stop doing that. And if uh, the majority of the kids in Methuen were Muslim and they wanted to have Ramadan off, got no problem with that. If the majority of the kids in Methuen were Jewish, they wanted Passover off, got no problem with that either. And I got no problem saying that it's for Ramadan, and I've got no problem saying it's for, uh, for Judaism. No problem with it whatsoever. And most people don't. Most people don't care. Most people want Catholic and Christian kids to be able to celebrate Christmas in the schools if they want. They, most people want kids to be able to celebrate Halloween or Valentine's Day, although I do know some far-right-wing Christians who have a hard time with Halloween because it flies in the face of their religion. That's fine. Don't send your kid to school with a mask on. Don't send them with a little bucket with, with um, candy to exchange. And don't participate in the Halloween festivities, if that's how you feel. But you shouldn't be advocating taking it away from other people, because that's what's wrong with our school system today. That's what's wrong with politics today. We used to have communities. We used to have a school community. We used to have a neighborhood community where people kind of looked out for each other. Now we've got communities where everybody's trying to stop everybody else from having fun. If there's any fun going on in any way, somebody has to pretend to be offended so they can take it away from someone else. That's got to stop. The only way it stops is if parents stay in touch with their school committee, if taxpayers stay in touch with their city councilors when these issues come up and call them and say, look, I don't care how you voted on the stop sign. I don't care how you voted on this program. But stop with the political correct bullshit, please. And if you guys do that, they will listen. You had six people running for six spots in Methuen. So most of those people don't really care about getting reelected. But you don't know in the next election, next year, you don't know if you'll have 12 people running for five seats. And then suddenly it will matter, won't it? And that's why you have to stay in touch with your school board members. You've got to email them, call them. Watch the meetings. That's the most important thing. And I cover Lawrence Methuen, Andover, North Andover, Haverhill, Salisbury, Newburyport. I watch all the meetings. I watch the North Andover Board of Selectmen meetings. I watch the Methuen School Committee meetings. I watch the Lawrence City Council meetings. Because thank, the one good thing from COVID, the only thing that I can think that, was, that came good from COVID is that it sped up the technology of the public having access to public meetings. Because of COVID, everybody went online. Before that, you had a really hard time finding school board meetings or zoning board meetings in your local towns. And they were out there, but you had to find them. And it, and it was tough to find them because some of them didn't, didn't videotape them at all. Some of them didn't broadcast at all. But since COVID, now the public has much more access to information. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing for the public. Not so good for the elected officials because now we get to see the shenanigans that they're involved in and the foolishness. It's just like, and I'll just transition for a second to North Andover because that's where I live. It's just like three years ago when the North Andover Board of Selectmen decided that it was probably the most important thing in the world to change the name of the Board of Selectmen to the Select Board because because Select Men is... is, is um, it has the word men in it. And what if there's a woman? You can't. So I still call 
Jaina Zani Pashi, school committee men, Jaina Zani Pashi. Because school committee men, school committee man or school committee men is not gender specific. It's what the word is. It's like manhole. It's not called manhole because only men go down it. And if we're going to start changing the names of things because of all this gender baloney, then we should just put a donkey on the manhole to show exactly what these people are, which is a what? An asshole. That's right. We can say that on we can say that on podcast. So you know, I I, I I'm sure that this Laurie Keegan. I don't think I've ever met her. She seems like a really nice lady, and she really seems like she cares. But is this really the most important thing in them doing schools when your kids can't speak English? Some of them when they graduate, when your kids, some of them can't do math in their head. That's the to me. That's the most important thing. When I when I pull up to Wendy's and my bill is is uh, $10.25 and I hand her a 20 and then I find a quarter but she already rang it in and I hand her the quarter now you just give me back a 10 and she stands there because she already rung it in and and she has to call the manager over to figure out what to give me that's not her fault that's not her problem that's not Wendy's fault that's not the corporation's fault that's the school system's fault because that kid, I guarantee you, knows everything that you could imagine about global warming, abortion, and transgender bathrooms. They still can't do math in their head. Why? Because the schools aren't teaching it. So can we, can we just have our public schools go back to doing what they're supposed to do? And then when they can do that right and they're doing it successfully, then we can talk about the schools being involved in other stuff? Because if I've got a driver at the Valley Patriot who's a shitty driver... And he misses locations, and he doesn't leave the right number of papers where he's supposed to. And he waits two weeks until after the paper comes out to start doing his deliveries. And then he comes to me and says he wants additional duties. My answer is no, do your job right first. That's what any sane person, I think, would do. So uh, there's that. Um, I think the next meeting is next, I'm guessing, because I can't remember when their meetings are. I think it's next Tuesday, but I'm not sure. Um, but I will, I will keep you guys, if you follow me on Facebook, I will keep you guys apprised of this. Um, I am digging as much as I can into this critical race stuff, Black Lives Matter stuff that's being pushed into them in schools, especially on the portals that kids used to get into the schools when they were doing homeschooling. I got all kinds of material on that we're going to talk about in another day. Um, we got oh, about 15 minutes left. So I don't know that I got 15 minutes on this, but um, the big, the big freak out all over America for the last week and a half. Elon Musk. Never knew much about Elon Musk. He's, a, he's the richest man in the world, they say. I always thought it was Jeff Bezos, but now they're saying it's Elon Musk. I think it's whoever they're talking about, that's the richest guy in the world. And then when they talk about Bezos, it's him. When they talk about Elon, it's him. So I don't know who the real richest man in the world is, but he's pretty close if he's not the richest guy in the world. And he has come out publicly and castigated social media for censorship, and he bought up about 8 or 9% of Twitter, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is, and is putting in a bid to buy Twitter outright because he's tired of the censorship. He's right. I have only one concern about this, though. He's only one guy. And if he buys Twitter, and he owns Twitter, and he changes his mind down the road and decides, you know, maybe censorship's a good thing, there's nobody else to go to. There's nobody to appeal it to. But let's just pretend for a minute that's not going to happen. What Elon Musk wants to do is what every social media platform should be doing. Stop the censorship. And I've heard CNN, 
I've heard MSNBC, I've heard CNBC, NBC, ABC, and CBS, all of which have taken the firm position of censorship. Now, just imagine, in a free country, journalists advocating censorship, journalists being gleeful that Donald Trump was thrown off Twitter, gleeful that people who don't share their political views are thrown off Facebook and advocating more censorship for social media. So let's ask ourselves why that might be. Why would journalists whose job is to protect the First Amendment, that's like their whole job, why would they be for censorship on social media? Well, that's because social media came along and replaced them. It used to be the only way we could get news was to put on the news and listen to what Wolf Blitzer had to say on CNN. A God help us, Sean Hannity on, on Fox News. I can't, I can't even tell you how much I hate that guy. But if you had to have news, if you, if you needed news, you had to put on a news station and listen to what they told you. And that was pretty much it. Then Facebook and Twitter came along. And all of a sudden, the majority of Americans aren't getting their news from the news anymore. They're getting it from social media, aren't they? And so the more censorship there is on social media, the more political views that are silenced on social media, the easier it is for those in the so-called news media to push a narrative disguised as news. Today's narrative, Putin bad, Ukraine good. Elon Musk bad, censorship on Twitter good. And if, if Elon Musk were to succeed, their biggest fear is that Donald Trump will come back and he'll be able to start tweeting things. And that gives... Mentally ill people who hate Donald Trump, lots of stress. Lots and lots of stress. They couldn't handle that Donald Trump tweeted, it's a nice day today. I can't believe he said it was a nice day. It's not a nice day for the people being killed in Ukraine. Like they'd find a way, no matter what he tweeted, to find some way to be stressed out about it and to complain about it and make it the end of the world and call him Hitler. But think about this. The head of the Taliban who beheads people for a living, it's like actually on his resume, he hasn't been kicked off Twitter. The Ayatollah in Iran, who beheads people for a living, again, it's on his resume. He hasn't been kicked off Twitter. They spout anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic tropes every single day, including Elon Omar in this country and a whole bunch of other people in other countries who didn't lose their Twitter account for advocating exterminating Jews. But Donald Trump, he can't be on Twitter because he says mean things. Now, if that makes sense to anybody, you've been brainwashed. If that makes sense to you, you've been brainwashed. Free speech is free speech. It's the, it's the, the whole purpose of free speech is to protect speech we don't like, not speech that we do like. But there's this new, this new theory in this country, this new political ideology in this country. It's almost a religion at this point. That more speech is bad because people will be spreading misinformation. Yeah, well, you know what? I go on Twitter if I see something for the first time and it's some kind of news thing, I research it to find out if it's true. I don't just believe it. And most people should have the freedom to be able to do that. It shouldn't be, we're going to censor this because we say, I've had, listen, I've had at least six that I can count off the top of my head. Six times I've been banned from Facebook for posting misinformation. The last one was because I blamed Joe Biden for the gas prices. I got knocked off my, I got banned from Twitter for 10 days. 
because it's, according to Facebook, these people who are, you know, purple-haired college graduates who really literally know nothing, they know shit, decided that what I posted was misinformation because it's really Putin's fault, which is a political view, not a fact, all right? So you have people at these social media networks, Facebook, Twitter, and others, who decide based on their politics what's fact and what's not fact, what you can say and what you can't say. And I'm, I'm half rooting for Elon Musk, although I get nervous because I don't want one guy – again, he can, be, he can be gotten to. Say somebody makes a, deal, a business deal with him five years from now and they decide, he decides he wants to se- censor anything. Well, what, what if he turns out to be an anti-Semite and he comes out and says, you know, I'm, we're going we're gonna to censor anybody that's uh, Jewish? Or what if he turns out to be something else and he decides he wants to ban other things, right? So you don't ever really want something that big in being controlled by one guy. However, it, right now, you've got a binary choice. It's Elon Musk or what we have. And I say anything is better than what we have. I will say in full disclosure, I've never been kicked off Twitter. And I'm not sure why I've never been kicked off Twitter, because the things that I say on Twitter are a thousand times worse than what I say on Facebook. Because I'm petrified of saying it on Facebook because I don't want to get my, my account banned. Twitter, I really don't care. I got like 3,000 people following me on Twitter or 1,000. I don't even know what the number is. I, I never look at it. But I use Twitter to get information. Twitter is actually a better source of information than Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, and the rest combined. So when I'm looking for news... Twitter is great because I can put a hashtag Lawrence Mass and everybody who's tweeted about Lawrence Mass in the last, you know, three weeks, it's going to come up in my newsfeed and I can search through it. I can search Ukraine. I can search um, Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And anybody who's tweeted about that topic, it will come up. I mean, it's a, tre- it's a, it's, it's a tremendous search engine to get information. I, I tweet mean things. I tweet stuff, you know, that will piss people off. I go back and forth with... There are a couple of celebrities that I go back and forth with, um, Meathead from All in the Family, Rob Reiner, and I go back and forth. And um, who's that chick that I can never remember what show she was in? She was in that show Charmed. Um, uh, what is it? That was Shannon Doherty. There was yeah. uh, Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano. So I torture Alyssa Milano constantly because she's always posting really m- monumentally stupid things. And so I'm always going back and forth with her. And Sophia Bush from... Um, from Chicago PD. I don't know any other outlet where you can actually have a back and forth with people who are like major celebrities on political issues, but Twitter you can. And they do answer you sometimes, especially if you get them. Like if, if, you've, if you've found a chink in their armor and you post it, they've got to respond right away. Twitter is an incredible, it's an incredible invention. It's an incredible tool, especially for people like me. If there's a shooting in Boston, I can type in hashtag shooting Boston. Boom, it pops right up. And now I can take that information, I can post it on Facebook where I've got 16,000 people that follow me, and I can disseminate that information to you guys. But there shouldn't be any banning of anybody because of your political views. The only time anybody should be banned from social media is if they're making threats. I had this idiot William came on my Twitter feed making all kinds of threats. It's still up. You can go on my feed. I didn't take it down. And I didn't block him either because I want everybody to see who he is threatening, you know who I am, and I'm going to run into you soon enough, and you'll eat your words, blah, 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 blah. Fine, whatever. 
if that does happen, I now have a record of the fact that this guy threatened me long beforehand and he can't say, oh, well, I was just drunk and mad and it's not my fault and it's, 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 it's not first-degree assault, it's third-degree assault. No, 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 it'll be first-degree assault or more because it's there. And if Elon Musk were to take over and do what he says he wants to do, this will change America. That's not an exaggeration. This will change America because once he does it, and people are now free on Twitter to say what they really want to say, Facebook is going to lose all kinds of, so what are they, not subscribers, but all kinds of members, right? Because people will start transitioning over to Twitter. And by the way, the only reason why Parler and Gab and all these other social media platforms are starting to rise up is because they are offering free speech. They are not banning people based on what you say, kind of. They're still doing it, by the way. They're saying they're not doing it. Gab and Parler say that they're not. Go on Parler and say Donald Trump is a Nazi and watch how quickly they disable your account. Okay? Even though they're on my side. I, Trump's not a Nazi. He's never been a racist. He's never been a Nazi. And, and I don't think people should be saying he's a Nazi. But if you go on Parler, I think it's Parler, and you say Donald Trump's a Nazi, even though they claim that they're free speech and they don't moderate content, they're moderating content. If Elon Musk takes over Twitter, it will really be the first social media site that truly believes in and engages in free speech. And if you learn nothing else from this show today, it's that more speech is always better. If someone puts out something that's misinformation, trust me when I tell you, there will be a hundred... When I post something on Facebook that's not true or it's partially true, but something in what I posted is, is wrong... Maybe I made a mistake. I said something happened on a Thursday and it happened on a Friday. Every social justice warrior moron on my page is going to be gleeful to come on my page and point out that I got it wrong and post links to stories to prove that I'm wrong just to make me look bad. And I know they think that they're making me angry when they do that. They're not. They're making me a better reporter. I'm all for that. So if someone posts misinformation on social media, there is a remedy. Other people. We don't need Facebook or Twitter to intervene. Other people will come in and say, no, that's not true. And then post links to prove that it's not true. And then maybe a discussion or a debate will come up as to whether or not it's true. Maybe the person saying it's not true is getting bad information on their end. And through that discussion, usually the truth will come out on either side. That's what free speech is all about. More speech is always better. This is something that Germany and Western Europe never figured out after World War II. They decided after World War II because of the Nazis that the best way to handle white supremacy and that kind of thing and fascism was to ban speech. So if you're in England, if you're in Germany, and you go on social media and you say the Jews are a bunch of um, uh, filthy, greedy people, in America, well, they'll disable your account. In England, you go to jail, like you're in prison, not like, you know, the local county jail either. You're in a hardcore prison. If you go on Twitter, if you go on Facebook and you live in Ireland, if you live in Spain, if you live in Germany, if you live in uh, anywhere in Great Britain, Wales, Scotland, and you say, I'm against gay marriage, or you say, I can't believe we're importing so many Muslims into our country right now, we can't afford this, you go to jail, because they don't have free speech in those countries. 
They might be white. They might speak English. We might identify with them and think that they're the same as we are, but they're not. There are people in jail right now in England because of what they posted on Facebook. Outrageous. That, by the way, folks, is what makes America the greatest country in the world. We don't jail people because of their political opinions. I know this administration's trying really hard. I know after January 6th, there are some people who are still in jail because of their political opinions, even people that didn't storm into the Capitol, but they happened to be there, but because they were pro-Trump, they're being held without bail. But that's not what this country is about. That's never been what this country has been about. This country's always been about let the haters hate. Let them speak so that, A, we know who they are, right? If there's somebody on Facebook that's spreading anti-Semitic bullcrap and I see that they're a pizza shop, I'm never going to allow them to advertise in my newspaper because I'm a private company. I can do that, right? Because if they're hateful, I don't, I don't want to be promoting their business, but I don't want to shut down their speech either because I want to know who they are. So we want the haters to hate, and we want them to spread whatever it is that they want to spread so that A, we'll know who, we, who they are, but B, for the same reason I watch CNN every day. You want to know what the other side is saying. You want to know what, what emotional manipulation and news manipulation that they're using to try and convince people that they're right. You want to know what their talking points are. I watch CNN all day just so that I, just so that I know how utterly moronic the Democrat Party is. Because all CNN does all day is spew Democrat Party talking points. And Fox on the other end. All they do for the most part, although their news division is very good at Fox, but the, the host, it's all just Republican talking points, except for Tucker. Tucker's the only guy on that network that attacks Republicans. Everybody else, they just Republicans can do no wrong. We need free speech in this country. That was the whole point of the First Amendment. Elon Musk looks like he might be bringing it back from the corporate end. And if I had more time, I'd talk about libertarians, but it looks like the uh, looks like the show's over, I guess. So I don't know how we got through that. I had literally had nothing when we started. Uh, I want to thank, uh, you, I guess you can wrap up, Mel. Next week, we have Chris Doty is going to be here. Chris Doty is going to be here next week. He is running for governor of Massachusetts. He came to the bash, and Jeff Deal came to the bash, but Jeff Deal left early, so Chris Doty got to speak, and Chris didn't. Uh, uh, Jeff didn't. We're going to try and get them both on here. We're going to try and get Maura Healy to come on, because I did endorse her the first two times she ran, which makes all my Republican friends absolutely insane. want to thank McLennan Real Estate Century 21, AFC Urgent Care in North Andover and Methuen. No, don't wait four hours at Holy Family. Go to AFC Urgent Care. Marseille and Sun Construction. EIS, investigation and gun training. Go get your gun training at EIS. They also do security. So if you've got a uh, business that needs some kind of security, please give them a call. Borelli's Deli, where I'm going to get my sausages after the show. Tomo and Shaken Seafood, right down here on Broadway in Salem, New Hampshire. Uh, Lazy River Products from Drake. They're going to be here in two weeks. And a free shout-out to Sebastian's House of Toys in Haverhill, a new advertiser starting next week. Melvin Taylor says you got to go home, so go home already. Thank you, Chrissy. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.